All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, uh, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We head up until 2 o'clock. We will uh, talk with Mick Schaefer coming up an hour from now, uh, who was uh, broadcasting live as uh, this was going down, as, uh, from uh, broadcasting live at Union Station. Um, so we will talk with him coming up an hour from now. Uh, we've talked a, a good portion of the first couple of hours about that, mixed in just a little bit of sports, and we'll try to do both here with uh, Adam Teicher from ESPN, Chiefs Insider, uh, joining us here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, Adam, welcome into the show. Uh, I'm assuming the answer to this, but I'll ask anyway. How you doing today? Yeah, good afternoon, Jason. Yeah, it's just uh, just a sad day for all of us, right? Um, it's just it's crazy um, that, that that we're talking about this here. Um, you know, my heart goes out to the victims and their families and their friends, and hope they can somehow, some way, find some peace with this. But um, you know, it's it's just a hard day for pretty much everybody in our community, right? Yeah. How did uh, were you down at the parade? Were you near it? How did you experience what uh, was taking place yesterday? No, I, I was not there. For what I do and what ESPN wants from me, um, it, it's virtually impossible to uh, to get that from being there. So I was not there, and um, um, I, it's better. I was not, so I was watching on TV and. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a, just a, I, I'm sitting there going, really? Is this really happening here? Just like everybody else, really? You know, it's just, it was just a, a crazy scene. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's part of the, the the sad aspect of this is, you know, one of the thoughts I had was, you know, first thought was I can't believe, no, please, no, not not our city. But then I thought, you know, it's unfortunate that is it our turn? And and it's a terrible thought of like you know so many cities have gone through this and I guess this is now us joining a community of other cities that have had to deal with something like this. Yeah, and you know the one thing that I really like about living in Kansas City is how everyone gets behind the Chiefs. You know mm-hmm. that the city basically comes to a stop when the Chiefs play and everybody everybody's talking about it. And this was even before they were good, right? I yeah. mean, uh, you know, even in the Todd Haley, Romeo Cornell years, it was that way, and and, and the, the, so the Chiefs are just such a, unifi- a unifying force, and I, you know I never understand these types of shootings; they're always nonsensical to me. But for this to happen at a celebration of what the city's football team accomplished, and th- that that just is even farther beyond my comprehension. So. Uh, it's just um, it's going to take some time, and I, you know, as, as we maybe get some more details about what happened, I, I don't know that that's going to give us any more um, clarity to the, the to our feelings here. You know, I just don't. It's just um, it just makes no sense. Yeah, I, I, and so many people are trying to process this in real time. I, I know I am. I, I didn't expect to, to get emotional at the beginning of the show uh, here today in the first segment. Um, I didn't expect that, just giving my thoughts of what took place and being there, you know, not down at Union Station. I mean, I was around, you know, 21st Street uh, and Grand when it was uh, when it was happening, and I was just walking down the sidewalk with my son, and I'm like, you know, I get emotional thinking about, you know, my wife and uh, the panic she had when she first heard 
that this was uh, happening and can't get a hold of me because we're walking to the car and my phone is in my pocket and I've got it on vibrate. And so she's texting and calling and trying to get a hold of us to figure out what's going on uh, to see if we're safe. And I can't imagine, you know, that panic that goes through her mind. And that's the panic of so many different people that were trying to reach loved ones and, and, and check in on people. Yeah. And so many people that checked in on me that I found out then were at the parade. Uh, and I'm like, well, I, I didn't know you were there. Are you okay? You know? Um, and, and, and that's sort of what, what is still processing for me and, and trying to figure out what's exactly going through my son's mind, which is what I think a lot of parents are trying to do today. Um, whether they were near the, um, the, the, the shooting or just at the parade or simply were watching it on TV. Yeah. And you, you know, you bring, as you say, your son into it and, you know, young kids into it. It's, uh, it, it just adds a whole nother dimension there. So it's, it's, uh, you know, how this can happen at, at, at an event like that is just beyond me. I just don't know why anyone needs to bring a gun to an event like that. I, I If you feel like your personal safety is uh, being compromised, you shouldn't go, you know, if, if you feel that strongly about it. So uh, I, I just I just don't get it. We're talking with Adam Teicher right now. Uh, one of the many, many, many uh, things that are, are fallout uh, from this and, and, um, and sad parts of this is, you know, there's there there's a feeling of uh, the the Super Bowl being tainted, at least for me. Like the celebration was amazing, and I was having such a fun time at the parade, and and now I, I don't know that I'll be able to separate the two of uh, the Super Bowl champions, the parade, and then this. And um, that's one of the many unfortunate things uh, that is just part of the entire story. Yeah, no, no doubt. And now you wonder. I've been wondering what happens if the Chiefs win next year. Mm-hmm. You know what? What do we do? Do do we go through this again? And and um, you know, I, I I just don't know. You know, it's it's too early to make that decision. Of course, I mean, you, we need to give that one some time, and, and some maybe those some things will become more clear about all this, and it'll be easier to make the right decision. But right now, I just don't know how you can do that. You know, it's just uh, it's just it's that kind of situation. So. Uh, I guess we'll see maybe if the if the Chiefs win, but um, I, I just don't right now. I don't see how you can have another one of these in Kansas City or, or anywhere really. One of the images in my mind that I, I didn't see, but I'm I'm imagining what it, it it was like, and I think it sort of shows Kansas City and the love we have for the city, but also shows when things like this happen, humanity uh, uh, takes over. Not those that are enacting these things, the bad actors, but those that are trying to help and immediately responding to that. And um, I can't help but but picture inside Union Station where the entire day was celebrating the Chiefs and Chiefs personnel and coaches as they're coming down the parade route on the buses or walking, whether they were wearing shirts or not, and just enjoying themselves. And there were barricades to keep the fans and people watching the parade from being out on the street with the players. They were then up on stage, and all of this is happening as fans of them. And then when that takes place, they're then helping some of uh, the people that are traumatized, that are crying. And there's no longer this separation of fan and player and coach and fan. It's just a combined Kansas Cityan in the moment that is experiencing that. Um, and that sort of meshing and melding and coming together where for the entire day, Adam, it was separating the two from fans from the team that this uh, act then brings so many people together 
and Trey Smith is helping out kids and giving his championship WWE belt to one of the kids who was, you know, uh, very emotional um, and and inconsolable uh, to a degree. Yeah, those are great stories to hear. You know, they really were kind of heartwarming. And and, and along with the first responders, yeah, it it was really – um, heartwarming to see a lot of that or hear a lot of that, you know. So uh, I mean, we live in a great city, and um, it, 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 there's a number of things that make it great, and, and that's just one of them is the the, the, the one-for-all and all-for-one kind of spirit mm-hmm. that is in Kansas City. Visiting with Adam Teicher, I, I do want to mix in some sports in our conversation. Uh, we've talked yeah. about that throughout the show, that we will be mixing in sports from time to time, that we do – try to offer somewhat of a relief from uh, reality, from what is going on. Um, and so we'll, we'll get some Chiefs thoughts here um, before, we, uh, before we break and, and, um, and, and let you go and continue your day. But um, one of the, one of the I, I think, real stories, Adam, coming from yesterday's parade, if it weren't for the national story, locally around the NFL would have been what took place five, six, seven minutes before shots rang out. And that was Chris Jones on stage saying, I ain't going anywhere. I'm coming back. I'll be here next year and the year after that and the next year and the next year and the next year, um, whether his agents were upset by those words or not. Um, how much do you put into Chris Jones' words on stage that may have been alcohol-induced? Um, but uh, <laughs> how, how much weight do you put in? those words uh, from Chris Jones that I'm not going anywhere. I will be back here. And do you think uh, that he will be more willing to meet the chiefs at their number uh, in order to be back with the chiefs next year? Yeah. um, I I think you hit the right uh, phrase when you said alcohol induced (laughs) a little while ago. Yeah. I think there was some of that for sure. Um, But I I do think that Chris Jones wants to come back in in his perfect world, you know, that that, uh, he he doesn't want to play anywhere else. And and so he's got a decision to make because I think it's going to come down to that. I mean, if if he's going to work with the Chiefs a little bit, um, I I, I think it it certainly could happen. But, I, I, you know, if you're the Chiefs, it makes no sense to not give Chris Jones the, the contract he wanted last year and then give it to him this year. That that makes no sense at all. So um, I, I, there's going to have to be something something to give from last year's situation before uh, this happens. But, you know, I did talk to Brett Feach in Las Vegas last week, and he was talking about uh, you know Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed, and he was going to try to find a way to make it bo- work with both of them. He understood the, the complexities of that and how difficult it was going to be, but he was going to try to make that work. And, uh yeah, we'll see if he does or not, but um, I, I know there's a desire on the Chiefs part as well. The uh, the the one thing I've been thinking about with uh, with Chris Jones is you know whether he will meet the Chiefs at their number. Is that you know the the best contract they offered him was last year. That's the best contract he's going to be offered by the Chiefs. They're not going to offer him the same contract this year. He's a year older. Uh, you know, I mean, what, whatever the, the yeah. max amount of money that he could have earned from the Chiefs was, was last year uh, if he were to sign that. And, and that's what gives me pause and makes me question how likely it is that Chris Jones would return to the Chiefs is if he's still looking for maybe even the number the Chiefs had on the table last year. I mean, didn't uh, Orlando Brown went through this? The Chiefs offered him uh, a contract that he turned down and went through the uh, uh, franchise tag year or whatever, and then they um, 
they go into the off season and they offer him less and he's like, no, I'm going to go uh, check it out. Okay, great. But this is our offer. This is all we're offering you. It's not as good as it was last year. Go see if you can get more. And he couldn't. Uh, and he didn't. But at that time, the Chiefs had already moved on to Juwan Taylor. We're not waiting around. Um, and, and I don't know if uh, Chris Jones will react the same way, but uh, I think the best contract the Chiefs were going to offer him happened last year. It should be the best contract they were going to offer mm-hmm. him. They should not offer him more money this year. Or, or, or a contract that, that he wanted. They should not offer him the deal that he wanted last year, that they wouldn't give him last year. That That's just bad business. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, maybe unfortunate that that's the way this thing works, but it does. And um, he's going to be 30 in July and showing no signs yet of slowing down. And I, I think he's still got at least another couple, three years left in him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not saying that would be a bad investment to put some good money into Chris Jones, but it just doesn't make any sense for the Chiefs. And and you brought up the Orlando Brown situation, and I think there are some parallels there between that situation and this one in terms of how the Chiefs might handle it. So, uh, you know, we'll see, but um, I, I think the Chiefs will give it an effort, but um, whether they can make it happen or not, I, I don't know. Yeah, I would love to know the market for Chris Jones, and and obviously the Cats brothers would love to know the market for Chris Jones as well, and we'll see if they read it correctly because uh, they don't have a lot of clients. And Orlando Brown, his agent, doesn't have a lot of clients. In fact, he has one, Um, and he misread the free agent market. Uh, But that was the great thing Orlando Brown loved about that guy is that he did not have relationships with uh, different people around the NFL. He was looking at it from an outsider's perspective, and that outsider cost him money. Um, throughout his career, and the Katz brothers are trying to make a name for themselves, and they came very close to costing Chris Jones money. He ended up making the money that he was going to make anyway um, by uh, by sitting out with incentives and the Chiefs going and winning the Super Bowl and him being an, an all-pro this year, so those things, uh, and, and getting the double-digit sacks, so those things kicked in. Um, I have my real doubts, Adam, that they would successfully and accurately assess the market for Chris Jones if he were to be a free agent as opposed to what the Chiefs will offer him? Well, that, that may be the case. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Chris Jones, regardless of the Cats brothers or, or what advice they may be giving him, he, he's got to make a decision. Yep. How, how bad do you want what That's you right. said yesterday to play for the Chiefs next year and the year after and the year after? Do, do you want that bad enough to to, to forfeit Possibly some money. You know, I, I I would think that he could get more if, as a free agent than he would from the Chiefs, but um, I don't know that right now. But it certainly could be the case. So I think he's got a decision to make. You know, Patrick Mahomes, as we know, took an under market deal, and and Travis Kelsey has done that, and uh, it doesn't mean Chris Jones is under any obligation to do that. He he should do what he wants to do. You know, Tyreek Hill didn't want to do that, and I, I, I have no argument with Tyreek Hill. He, he did what he wanted to do, and I would have no more argument with Chris Jones if he wanted to go and get more money. But if you want to stay, if that's important to you, then you need to back it up by uh, um, showing it at, at the negotiating table. Yeah, he um, he's made ninety million dollars in his career to this point, um, and and you know he's going to get a whole lot of money. Um, I don't know how much less he would have to take to be with the Chiefs, but the Tyreek Hill one is a great point. I mean, it can be a he's down in Miami. I mean, it can be a conversation of you know Tyreek, your life now, 
Um, you know, you've got the extra money from what the Chiefs were offering. Uh, you know, how much that ends up being once the the contract with Miami runs its course, and uh, if they keep him for the final year of that contract, or they give him an extension, whatever that might be. Like Tyreek, you got the extra money, but you've got two fewer rings um, than Chris. Chris Jones is walking around with a heavy hand with, uh, with that'll have three rings on it, and Tyreek Hill has one, um, and and they've won two Super Bowls without him. Uh, is Tyreek Hill a guy that looks back and goes, you know, my life is pretty good monetarily. It was pretty good monetarily before, and it was going to be still pretty darn good monetarily. Um, only, you know, I don't have those rings. And he even said on on Radio Row to somebody, it was like, well, yeah, there is a part of it. I, I, yeah, I, I wish I was uh, with the Chiefs right now. And and uh, as as far as preparing for the Super Bowl, right? Not necessarily. Yeah. I wish I was with the Chiefs and not the Dolphins. I wish I was there preparing for the Super Bowl. Um, but it was a choice that he made with his agent yeah. and a choice that he made. And I don't know how much less Chris Jones would have to make, but I'll tell you this. Yellow jackets, gold jackets come with, um, you know, postseason for the uh, the, the less sexy positions uh, like defensive tackle that you continue racking up some uh, Super Bowl rings and play in the Super Bowl. Um, the the counting numbers don't have to be as exaggerated or important if you're doing some of those things on the biggest stage. And uh, Chris Jones has been able to do that four times in his uh, you know time with the Chiefs and back to back years and three times total that he's been able to do that at the biggest stage. And I would guess that with the Chiefs is the best opportunity moving forward for him to get more of those. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, again, that's not important to everybody, and it's not Mm -hmm. my job to say it should be important to somebody. You know, I mean, clearly Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are motivated by more than just the best paycheck they can possibly get. Legacy is important to them. They they want that. They want those rings. They want to... Um, be discussed as uh, being maybe the best ever, and and winning certainly helps you. It, it, that elevates you in that discussion, and and uh, you know I think Chris Jones is motivated by that too. You know he, you know when you see him crying at the national anthem before the playoff games. You know what? What's he thinking there? You know that it seems pretty obvious. He's thinking, "Hey, this could be it for me in Kansas City." Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just think he's going to have to come to some um, uh, some uh, reckoning in his mind. What, what does he really want? You know, does, is it more important to him to to get the the Aaron Donald type contract, or is it more important for him to maybe uh, you know build his legacy a little more than it already has been? It's already considerable. And, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, I, I, I just never thought that was a guy who was interested in, in, in his legacy. I think he was more interested in, in the now, and, and that's okay. I'm not yeah. I'm not uh, criticizing him, him in the least. I just figure, like, I want to get what I want to get now, and that that's more important to, to Tyreek Hill. And uh, good, good for him. That's what he got. It worked out for him in that regard because the Chiefs weren't going there financially. But, um, you know, I just think there's a real conflict there for Chris Jones, and uh, he, he really needs to figure out which, one, which uh, way it, it is, which one he wants more. Yeah, and the situation, we're visiting with Adam Teicher from ESPN, the situation is is so very different between players. And so we look at this defensive unit and two very big individuals that are going to be free agents in, in Chris Jones and uh, and Legereus Sneed and wondering if uh, either or both, neither will be back with the uh, the Chiefs next year. And the Legereus Sneed situation to me is so much different than Chris Jones because 
as I mentioned, Chris Jones has made ninety million dollars in his career. Legarius Needs' career earning uh, earnings is under six million. A lot for a lot of us. Uh, that was uh, life changing money for a lot of us. But it's not the generational, generational, generational wealth that you know. Travis Kelsey has made almost eighty million. Chris Jones ninety million. Right? Those guys have made. Patrick Mahomes is in uh, the 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 Mahomes uh, name for you know the next however many years is taken care of uh, with the money he's making. Legarius Sneed hasn't done that yet. He hasn't got that big second contract. So if he were to go just to the highest bidder, I wouldn't think anything of Chris Jones if he went to the highest bidder either. Um, but I also, you know, it would make more sense to me, um, somebody that uh, has not made uh, nearly the money those guys have made, <laughs> nearly by uh, at all, or maybe ever, uh, it would make more sense for me uh, to see Legarius Sneed say, look, they paid me the most money, and I'm taking that, and over the next four years I'm playing for a team that was willing to pay me the most money, and then after that, once everything in my life and everybody in my life is completely taken care of, uh, the um, you know priorities may change after that. Yeah, well, could be. And, you know, the, the difference is what the Chiefs – if you're the Chiefs, what are you thinking? I mean, mm-hmm. how are you possibly going to replace what Chris Jones has given you? It, it, that's going to be impossible. It, you know, sooner or later the Chiefs are going to have to deal with that anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, right now they don't necessarily have to. Um, you know, so – but at any rate, you know, if they have to replace Chris Jones for next season, that's going to be really difficult to do. The Chiefs have been preparing to lose Legarius Sneed for a couple of years now. They drafted what four corners last year, and they including one in the first round, and they drafted another this year. And um, while other than Trent McDuffie, possibly none of those guys are in um, Legarius Sneed's, uh, uh, you know, on his level. Yeah, um, they, they still can be productive players for the Chiefs and help them win games. So I, I think you have to look at it differently. Also, if you're the Chiefs. I, I can see why both those guys might want to look mm-hmm. at this differently, and, and certainly the Chiefs um, might have to make one or the other a priority here. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a totally different situation for both those guys, but also for the Chiefs as well. Can the Chiefs keep both of them? You know what, the answer is yes, they can, but is it uh, realistic um, to continue the path that they're on to keep the window as open as they are uh, as it is, as they are trying to, and and keep both of these players uh, past twenty twenty four. If you want to say, well, yeah, Legarius Sneak could play on the franchise tag. Certainly, um, you know, agreed. But is it realistic for the Chiefs to keep both of these players if they were to sign long term deals? Yeah, um, I, yeah, long term deals. I, I don't know about that, um, but the, you know, they could find a way. I, I think you know, Brett Beach. They're they're pretty creative. They yeah. they, they can come up with some stuff. Um. That, that could allow that. So I, I wouldn't say no to the answer to that. I don't think it's very likely, but, yeah. you know, and the, the other question is if you do, what's the cost then? You know, yeah. what, what are you forfeiting? You know, can you not get a, a veteran wide receiver that you might like? You know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot that goes into that. And I don't know that that would be in the Chiefs' best interest. You know, it, it's, hey, the way that the Chiefs played defensively this year, you'd like to keep this group together forever, but. That's not realistic, and you know, it, 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 in the real world, maybe that's not the best thing for the Chiefs. Um, you know, to, to to go through another year where they can't find a, a, a wide receiver to help out on offense. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, dilemma for the Chiefs, and I, I I'm curious to see how they do go yeah. about uh, trying to solve this. 
Yeah, because, I, I mean, the defense was so good this year, and they've got some contracts that are coming up, and we saw already, you know, if they had paid Tyreek Hill that money, I don't know, if they, do they win two rings? Do they win one ring? Do they win zero rings? Um, yeah. Because they turned those draft picks into uh, pretty good players, and they revamped uh-huh. what they were doing, um, you know. And, and so looking at that particular example, and I know it's different because Patrick Mahomes plays offense, but... We look at that example, and it's like, okay, well, man, I don't know what they're going to do without Charvarius Ward. And they turned out they were fine without Charvarius Ward and paying him that much money. I don't know what they're going to do without Legereus Sneed. I'm not saying it's going to be the same thing, that they'll be fine without Legereus Sneed like they were without Charvarius Ward, but they found a way to get through. And it's sort of, you know, rearranging the money, right? It's If you're going to spend the money, is it more important to keep Sneed and Chris Jones or one of them and revamp your offense and your skill position players? And are you a better team if you've got a couple extra wide receivers besides Rasheed Rice and maybe a wide receiver draft pick to throw out there with skill position players and you move forward with uh, Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams and Shamari Connor, um, you know, and and uh, and Jalen Watson uh, and, and maybe Nick Jones and, and you know, uh, maybe Nazi Johnson, whoever it might be. Are, are you better off doing that? Uh, as opposed to trying to figure out the skill position players while paying Legereus Need and Chris Jones. Yeah, so it's uh, you know that that may be the better way for the Chiefs to go. Uh, you know, I, I think there's some danger in thinking, well, you know what, if we bring back Chris Jones and we bring back Legereus Need and we uh, maybe bring back Mike Dana or Willie Gay or or, or maybe both of them, that that we're going to play great defense again next year. I, I mean, I think there's that 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 possibility and it's mm-hmm. probably a pretty good one but I, I think there's some danger in just saying hey we're going to bring everybody back because we're going to be as good as we were last year I, I don't that that's that's pretty dangerous thinking they're going to have to change I think the Chiefs are in order to get back to another Super Bowl next year exactly what that looks like I don't know but I, I, I feel like their margin for error on offense wasn't very high this year. Yeah. They asked so much of Pat Mahomes, and he delivered for him. But don't, don't. I, 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 I think there's some some danger in asking him to do that, carry this kind of burden uh, again next year. So they're they're going to need to get more help for him. And if that comes at a cost of not bringing back everybody you want to on defense, I, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean the margin for error. We know uh the last two championship games and super bowls the chiefs have won by a combined 16 points those four games i mean and the the yeah. biggest margin being the the ravens winning by 7 but you've got three point victories in the other ones two super bowls winning by three and one of those in overtime and um and the afc championship game against the uh, cincinnati bengals by three like three of those four yeah. wins the last two years which resulted in two lamar hunt trophies and two lombardis were decided by a field goal. Um, and so that margin for error, no matter how they built the team, the margin for error isn't exactly you know uh, great. They're not dominating some of these teams, but they're finding ways, and they're finding ways to do it in a salary cap league where, where uh, Patrick Mahomes is making a lot of money. Yeah, and, and you know, you brought up a little while ago. You said, "Well, you know, you don't want to lose." A couple of years ago, you don't want to lose a Shavarius Ward. Right. Well, I felt the same way about Tyron Matthew. I really did. I thought that was a mistake letting him walk, and I thought it was a mistake uh, that they would really regret. And I was wrong. They signed Jason Reed or Justin Reed, and Justin Reed has been an excellent player for the Chiefs, and they're two for two in winning Super Bowls that way. So. Uh, um, the Chiefs have just been so good at finding guys, and they're, the, the way they were able to mine the free, the, the lesser free agent market this year, 
for guys like Drew Tranquil and and uh, Mike Edwards and and even O'Menahue, uh, yeah. you know those guys were such a find for the Chiefs, and I don't know that they're where they are with without any of those without those guys, you know. So um, I I just never put it past. I, I don't take it for granted, but I never put it past Brett Beach and his staff mm-hmm. to find a solution to these kinds of things. And and they've got the continuity on defense. Last one for you, the impact of the Chiefs keeping both Joe Cullen and Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, that news yeah. coming out um, since, what, Monday. Uh, and we find out yesterday about uh, Steve Spagnuolo. We find out Monday about Joe Cullen, yesterday about Spags. Yeah, and maybe that's the uh, that's the more important thing here, the most important thing here. That uh, you know they're going to have continuity on that coaching staff. It's clear the guys love to play for Steve Spagnuolo, and I, I think it's clear guys like to play for Joe Cullen as well. So um, you know I, those guys are two solid coaches, and they 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 get a lot out of their players. So I, I think that's. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the most important keep of all here uh, when you're talking about the Chiefs and their defense. Adam uh, Teicher from ESPN, Chiefs Insider. Adam, appreciate the time and the perspective uh, and the conversation, whether about yesterday or a break from that and talking about the Chiefs um, and moving forward. Appreciate it, sir. Um, we will uh, we'll let you go, and uh, we'll talk next week or uh, at some point soon we will uh, have a conversation, uh, no doubt. Adam, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. You bet, Jason. Take care. Absolutely. There's uh, Adam Teicher joining us uh, from ESPN as uh, we talk about the Chiefs, and we certainly discuss the perspectives and experiences that everybody is having and had uh, over the last 24 hours now. Um, you know, 24 hours ago, we were talking about uh, 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 the parade going on and having some fun and and, uh, and watching this and uh, getting ready for the celebration on the stage that was set to begin at 1245. It didn't exactly start at 1245, but, um, you know, uh, set to begin. And, um, you know, this time last year, it was nothing or last uh, this time yesterday, nothing but smiles and excitement and joy. Uh, we know it turned uh, very quickly. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll continue rolling. More is on next. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We will talk with Mick Schaefer coming up at uh, at 1 o'clock and uh, get his thoughts on uh, yesterday, what took place out at uh, Union Station. And we have been spending most of the show mixing in sports where we felt was appropriate while trying to continue to cover the biggest story around the city and um, uh, the country as well in what took place yesterday out at Union Station after the parade. Uh, I gave my uh, my thoughts as, as well as I could at the beginning of the show. If you missed some of that, you can certainly go back and listen on the uh, podcast. And uh, Josh and I have uh, simply been navigating throughout the show as well in a... A day that is so much more of the serious nature rather than just the fun and goofiness a couple of gas bags on the air try to have around sports ball, around uh, fun and having fun with our fun and trying to be and and maybe um, if, in, in the face of all doubt, uh, trying to entertain in some way, shape or form to get to two o'clock from 10 o'clock to help you out with your day. And um, it is difficult to do that in a city that is grieving, in a city that is traumatized, in a city that's hurt from yesterday's events. But so many people sprung into action and did what they could and felt the 
need to be in the situation and react the way that they did. Obviously, our first responders, uh, but others as well, those that that helped out um, the the injured, those that that chased down and tackled one of the suspects, those that were helping others grieve, um, those that were helping put the information out there to to let people know what was going on to be safe. Uh, Trey Smith was on Good Morning America this morning, and uh, Trey Smith is one of the players that was inside Union Station and one of the players that was, you know, doing what he could. But uh, here's the conversation. Here's Trey Smith um, giving his thoughts on uh, Good Morning America this morning of uh, his perspective and what was going on around him. just remember the security guard just ushering us through the doors quickly, just saying, you know, Come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Okay, this is not a joke. It's a life or death type of situation. Right before I, I run in there, there's like a little kid in front of me. So I just grab him, just yank him, and just tell him, you're hopping in here with me, buddy. So I don't know how many people there were in the closet, maybe 20 plus. Um, one of my teammates, my long snapper, uh, James Winchester, is very instrumental in helping keep people calm. We end up getting the green light to be able to get out of there. Uh, we end up walking um, to the buses. This little boy uh, was with his father. Oh, he's just a little hysterical. He's just panicked. You know, he's scared. He doesn't know what's going on. And, you know, I had the WWE belt um, on me the entire parade. And, you know, I was thinking, man, what can I do to help him out? I just handed him the belt. Hey, buddy, you're the champion. No one's going to hurt you. Nowhere. No one's going to hurt you, man. Um, we got your back. We just started talking about wrestling. You know, who's your favorite wrestler? What? was your favorite wrestling match and just little things like that just to take his mind off it. He was looking out the window and he was seeing people, you know, just reacting away. They were trying to get out of that situation. So I'm like, here you go, buddy. This is yours. You know, man, like, so again, no one's going to hurt you when you're here with us. Thank you for protecting, buddy. You're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. So I'm pretty angry because um, of senseless violence. You know, someone lost their life today. Um, you have children that are injured. You have children that are traumatized. I'm hurting for one, the families and the people who got impacted. The city of Kansas City, uh, hearts go out to you guys. You know, we're thinking and praying for you, but you know, at the end of the day, Kansas City is a community as a city. We're going to stand up together and we're going to be strong. One of the inspiring parts of yesterday, while obviously traumatic and, and incredibly sad and heartbreaking, and a lot of the the emotions that a lot uh, that most of us, all of us, continue to go through and try to navigate uh, in real time and process this whole thing. One of the inspiring parts is that after that's that's going on, people are not separated by by class or uh, by you know definition or uh, uh, what they do for a living. Uh, they are uh, Kansas Cityans, and you've got the entire day was around watching these heroes we view them as be celebrated for their victory in the Super Bowl. And then on stage, you know, celebrating uh, with the the crowd and everything. And then when that happens, nobody's a, a Chiefs player or a fan, right? Nobody's a, a coach or a fan. We hear the story of, of Andy Reid trying to console an individual that was hysterical and looking at him and saying, breathe, just breathe with me, breathe, you know, helping out in as much as he can. And Trey Smith, and we've heard stories, uh, at least names uh, that have been thrown out there of Austin Ryder and Blaine Gabbard and Chris Oladokun and James Winchester. And I know that I am, uh, we are leaving out countless others that just have not, you know, been publicly named in doing what they could or helping. Um, but uh, Trey Smith wearing the belt and sees a child 
who is obviously going through a very traumatic event and walks over there and hands him the belt and says, you're the champion. No one is going to hurt you. I mean, give him the lifetime contract right now for Trey Smith. And a lot of people around Knoxville have weighed in since we found out some of the stories around Trey Smith have said, least surprising news is that Trey Smith would be somebody that would immediately act and and go into nurture mode and protection mode. Um, and, and we've heard nothing but great things about Trey Smith, so it is not a surprise uh, that Trey Smith did that, and a lot of other Chiefs players did that as well. His story, I don't believe, is unique to a lot of people that were present there uh, at the Union Station and those that went into action, um, those performing CPR, those doing what they can to get help. Um, the first responders, obviously, and the doctors where the hospitals of the uh, victims were taken. We will take a time out. We'll come back on the other side. We will incorporate some sports. You know, we have the uh, the Super Bowl montage that we put together of what took place during the game. And I do want to take a little bit of a break from, you know, yesterday and and give ourselves just a, a little more sort of sports to talk about. Mick Schaefer will join us in the 1 o'clock hour, and we'll get his perspective of everything that took place as he was down there live in person um, near everything that was taking place. And so we will certainly get back into processing things and, and going through some of those, uh, those stories and uh, information as it comes in, et cetera. Uh, but on the other side of the break, we're, uh, we'll, we'll hear the, um, the, the, the Super Bowl story through the mic'd up players and the play-by-play as the game was going on. We'll do that next. All right, welcome back here in the zone right here on Sports Radio 810 at WHB. We will talk with Mick Schaefer. We'll uh, get his thoughts, perspective on uh, the events of yesterday. Um, but uh, we, we will take a little bit of a break um, as much as we can uh, throughout the day uh, as we process everything really together and in real time, just as we were doing yesterday. Uh, but um, a little enjoyment and fun with the Super Bowl that took place on Sunday. The reason for the celebration and the parade, um, but uh, put together the uh, uh, montage with the sounds that came from the mic'd up that was uh, put out on Tuesday uh, from inside the NFL, along with uh, some play-by-play uh, with that and everything. So here is uh, the Zone's uh, Super Bowl montage with uh, mic'd up uh, mixed in with what took place on Sunday. Harrison Bunker's got the ball teed up at the 35. He trots to the ball. He'll swing his right leg through, and Super Bowl 58 is underway. White jerseys, gold fans for the Niners, breaking huddle. They started this drive at their own 25. Now they have it at the Kansas City 29. It's first and 10. Purdy's under center with a couple tight ends. Handoff McCaffrey over the right tackle. He fumbled the ball as he was hit. He crossed the 27, and the ball was jarred free. He was hit on the play. Karloftis may have jumped on the ball. They're untangling the bodies. The Chiefs pointing one way, and so are the officials. A turnover by San Francisco. Kansas City 22, first and 10. Shotgun formation. Mahomes by himself. Three-man rush. Here they come. They got him, and they sack him. It's back at the 16. Chase Young. The Niners are going to try a 55-yard field goal off the grass. Jake Moody. We'll try it. Long snap from Pepper. 
to get the first score in the Super Bowl. Ball put down, right-footed kick is away and good for San Francisco on their third drive of 55-yard field goal to score first in Super Bowl 58 early in the second quarter. Mahomes is under center. He moves a receiver against the snap. Hands off the checker. He's going to get a block from his tight end of the 10. Runs laterally. Tries to dig on the first. Fumbled it. San Francisco's recovered. San Francisco's recovered. Javon Kinlaw jumps on the Pacheco fumble at the nine. Chiefs 21, second 10, shotgun snap, they throw laterally, caught by Jennings, who then throws back the other way, caught on the far side, McCaffrey, 25, 20, 15, 10, broke a tackle on the number five, touchdown, San Francisco! The Niners have just scored the first touchdown of Super Bowl 58, a catch and run with some trickery, 21 yards, McCaffrey! They can't... Two receivers to the near side, four-man rush, shotgun snap, blocked by the right tackle, Mahomes runs up, pump fakes, throws down the far sideline, intercepted, intercepted on the leap at the 45 and down, going is Tyre Brown, a rookie out Penn State for San Francisco, in front of his bench, far sideline at the Kansas City 44, one of the big defensive plays in this game in Super Bowl 58. That is just a regular quarterback, bro. Regular. Ain't nothing different. They just ain't been catching it. He regular, bro. And we're going to make his ass look regular. Tommy Townsend is sent to punt inside the Kansas City 25. The punt will come from our right to our left. It's a knee-high long snap, a right-footed punt. And here is the ball landing in front of Ray Ray McLeod who gets it out of... Oh, he fumbled! He had the ball and he fumbled it! At the 17, the Chiefs have recovered! Oh, calamity! A muff on the play by the deep back man, Ray Ray McLeod of San Francisco. Retrieved at the 16. 16 is San Francisco, Mahomes in the gun, first and 10. The snap, packages on, goes on, so touchdown! Backpedaling, two-handed grab, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and the Chiefs on a 16-yard touchdown pass have taken their first lead in Super Bowl 58. Second and nine, Purdy's pass. Big as that now, a three-point game. How the f*** does that happen, man? How did that get blocked? We've hit the two-minute warning, and we are tied at 16. we got to convert. Third and four, we got to convert. Both. We'd love to pick up this third down, get closer, and then have Jake Moody win the Super Bowl. We get a first down, we knock a lot of time off this clock. 
best play that you have in your book right now. Because you don't want to give Mahomes the ball back. All right. Hey, man, we got can't, no sacks, obviously. Hey, alert the pressure. We cannot take a sack. Purdy looking left. Pressure, pressure. Got him, got him. Give it to him. Ball got tipped right out of his hand. McDuffie pressure. Nobody blocked him. He's tipping everyone. All right, Mr. Moody, the rookie. Everything on the line. Jake has it away. It is long enough. It is right down the middle. I put it right down the middle. What a big time kick by Jake Moody. That's all great. Here's the problem. Patrick Mahomes has one minute and 53 seconds to respond. Hey, let's go do it, baby. Let's go do it. Fire me up. We got to know what 87 and that. Where do you think Pat want to go with the ball? Man. This next series is going to be Pat running and throwing it to 87. Third down seven, 33 is San Francisco. McKinnon the back, shotgun snap to Mahomes. Drops back, left tackle ball, goes to Kelsey, 30. Runs for inside, 25, 20, sideline 15. Knocked out of bounds at the 12. Knocked out of bounds at the San Francisco 12. They're in field goal range, they just can't get a touch. They cannot get in the end zone. All right, we got to force a field goal to go to overtime. If you're one-on-one, I'm throwing you the ball in the state. You hear me? If you're one-on-one, I'm putting it up there. You got to go get it. No, you were nobody. Ten seconds to go. They're going to Kelsey, bro. They're going to Kelsey. Now they got a motion out right. Low snap. Mahomes back. Mahomes throws for the end zone. Incomplete. Great coverage there by Fred Warner. One-on-one with Travis Kelsey. Hit the field goal. They're going to kick. They're going to bring in Butker to tie the Super Bowl. The kicker, Harrison Butker, with a chance to tie Super Bowl 58 with six seconds left in regulation. He is 5 of 5 on career postseason field goals when tied or trailing by three. This will be a 29 yarder to tie Super Bowl 58. On the grass, no wind, we're inside. Butker, the snap is good, the kick is up, the kick is perfect, and we are tied. We are tied with three seconds left in Super Bowl 58, 19 to 19. We got to win, we're going to win overtime. You're going to toss? Yeah. Which way do you want to kick it? They call it. They call it, right? Well, they got a coin flip. Yeah, they call a coin flip. It's their coin flip, right? Which way do you want to kick it? We want the ball, Fred. San Francisco, you are still the visitors. What is your call? Tails again. He called tails again. It is tails. We'll see. You want the ball? Which way do you want to kick? We're going to kick that way. San Francisco, we'll receive first and overtime. Good luck, gentlemen. They want it. They want the ball. They wanted it. Hey, they want it. They wanted it, baby. We want them to have the ball. They wanted they can have it. If we won the toss, we were going to kick off, too. We got what we wanted. Hey, even if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball. I didn't know that. Come on, come on. Stand up. Big stand right here, D. 
I'm good, baby. I need a, I need a win. Hold him, D. Third and four. Niners at the Kansas City 8 shotgun formation. The snap to Purdy. The rush up the middle. The throw to the end zone. Nobody home at the pylon for Jennings at the goal line on the near sideline. It's incomplete. It's fourth and four. Block 95. They got pressure right in Brock's face. Yeah, Just could not find Jennings. It was open on that play. Jake Cody in for a field goal to give the Niners the lead of three. And it's good. And now we've got Patrick Mahomes against one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have got to score. Mahomes in the gun, third and one. Shotgun snap, hand off Pacheco. Corkscrews over the right side. Nothing there. Down he goes. And he is shy of the first down by a half yard. All right, we stop him with Mahomes' hands, right? What do you like? Slide keys. I like slide keys a lot. If it's not there, I'll run for it. They're going to run it and react to the pass. we got to win it if they run it. Hey, I like the quarterback key. I like the quarterback key. We're good, we're good. So Mahomes in the gun, half yard to go, fourth and one. Inside his own 35, Kelsey in motion. Shotgun snap, the fake handoff, Mahomes will run, a block by Kelsey, he's got the first down over the right tackle, the 40, he's out to the Kansas City 41-yard line, and a yard run by Mahomes, that is a first down. Really good play call, there was nobody there for the 49er defense. I know he's going to keep it, bro. Right on. in the gun, 7-7 seven, seven from the 10-yard line of San Francisco. Three wide, looks into the nickel. Shotgun snap, drops back three. Sidearm throw, part of the 10. Kelsey got a block on the hash mark, trudging to the 5. Broke a tackle, carries him on his back. Post to a first down. Got to the 3. He needed to get inside the 4. That should be enough for a first down. Hey, so good. Good church ride bunch. F. Shuttle, Tom and Jerry right yellow. Orange, 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 let's go! Winding up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. Set. We're good, we're good! Set. Low snap. He runs and he throws. Caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hartman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! Let's go, Let's go, The Chiefs have won! The entire bench of these! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Really, this the whole game was uh, just kind of our whole, our whole entire season. It was the defense just keeping us in there, um, and then the offense making plays when it counted, and then of course Harrison Bucker hitting from about seventy. So it's um, it was a microcosm of our whole season. I'm just proud of the guys; they kept believing. Um, and, I'm, and I'm proud of the coaches for calling up those plays. Got us some touchdowns there at the end. I can't ask for anything better than this, man. We're Super Bowl champs, Kansas City. All right, there you go. There's the uh, montage from the uh, the Chiefs, and uh, they uh, win the Super Bowl. Um, so a little bit of a break there from all of the stuff we've been talking about for now almost 24 hours. We will uh, we will also take a break here. And Mick Schaefer, who was uh, down there live on the uh, on the air. On KSHB 41, when everything happened, 
Uh, we will get uh, his perspective of what took place as everybody continues to process in real time. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. More Zone next.